following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is Talking Cowboys presented by Geico live and in person from inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco as the 2021 NFL Draft is in the rearview mirror. We've got our Essilors on. It's got the Seymour, Do More rolling, except for Rob. Sorry, Rob. It's okay. It's okay. We'll get one you of there these at some days, point. One of these days. But the NFL draft is in the rearview mirror. We've got plenty to talk about, and this should be a fun next hour. So stick with us because we're going to break down not only the first round, but we're going to talk about the rest of the draft, what happened on day two, and then we're going to talk about even some of these undrafted free agents along the way and how these new Dallas Cowboys fit into the new system here in Frisco. Kyle Yeomans alongside Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and Heckma Harrison. Heckma, right before we went on air, you said you had something to tell us. What is that? Guys, so something happened yesterday that I got to tell y'all about. Please. Okay. So I'm official celebrity now. I want y'all to know this. I'm official, right? We knew that already. No, you didn't know because this is the first time I actually got noticed somewhere. Like, straight up. I got noticed. Check this out. So, I'm driving to Houston yesterday. I'm driving to Houston yesterday, and on the way, I got to use the restroom. I got to go. I got to go. Right? Really bad. And... I see a, I see a Bucky's sponsor. All right, <laughs> see a Bucky's. So I run into the run into the Bucky's. Right, really bad. Really bad. I'm running fast. Right, and it's a it's a it's not no one, and it's a ton it's a ton of people in the Bucky's, and so and they got these like partitions at the you know little mm-hmm. thing yeah, right, sure. and so I'm standing there and I'm in full on thank you Lord I made it mode. And, you know, I'm from the hood, Isaiah, and so my spider senses went off. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Heckma, look over your shoulder. Yeah, I bet that. And I look over my shoulder, and there's the guy standing behind me. Is he looking over the partition? No. <laughs> He's not looking over. <laughs> you know? A little creepy. A little, little creepy, creepy But So it's, it's a Mexican fellow. He's an eye patch with the cowboy star on his eye patch. Oh, he's, right? for the, he, oh. he's, he's for the game. He's for the game. And yeah. he, says to me, he says to me, he says, Heckma. Oh. And, you know, hey. Meanwhile, at the stall, at the stall, okay. and so I'm still awkward. <laughs> all of this is awkward, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. And then he goes, Heckma Harrison. So I'm thinking, dude, this guy's about to hand me a subpoena. Something's going on. I don't oh, know no. what's, what's happening, you know. But first of all, I'm in Madisonville, and yeah. this guy knows my whole name. Ooh, that's a nice bucket. Oh, Bucky's right too. down the road from AM? Right. Yeah, so I love that so and the guy says, classic stop. Heck my Harris from Talking Cowboys. Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yo. <laughs> so I'm standing at the Bucky's taking. He's like, first thing, I got to take a picture, which I'm like, well, not in the bathroom. Did, did, did Let's, do do outside. Like Let's do it outside. Yeah. His hands go like this in the middle of saying that? I did not know. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, I knew you were going to ruin my whole oh, story. Man. But I'm telling y'all, it's just, just 
Ramon, my man Ramon. There you go. Ramon. That's shout out. Man, I told you I was going to give a shout out today, so that's my story. That's that's, I mean, that's all I'm just saying, man. Like at the urinal? I mean, <laughs> it was know. awkward. I'm just hey, telling you, but that's, how, that's the story. I had to give you the full effect of the story, hey, though. We so. appreciate it. We Straight up listening. guts. By the way, if you guys do see us out in public, feel free to Seriously. say hi. We don't bite. We love it whenever fans come up and talk, and, and, and of course, listeners of the show, because you guys are our favorites. So, Let's go ahead and dive into what you want to listen to. So that good. was hilarious. I love that. The Thank places you for sharing. you'll meet cowboy fans. Oh, it's awesome. I love it. Everywhere, I had man. no idea, Everywhere. but I know now. But Heckma Harrison, the celebrity, now here on mm, Talking Cowboys. Tell Thank goodness. Uh, let's talk about round one of the NFL draft. Amen. Because things went down on Thursday night that were one, unforeseen, mm-hmm. two, unexpected. I guess that's probably the same thing, but I tried to add a different bullet point in there but three something that i know this end of the table is extremely happy about <laughs> yeah <laughs> put them on so, put them yeah, on hit him with it hit him oh, with it hit him with the ass <laughs> yeah. there it is yeah. Mm. Love it. hey yeah baby <laughs> i will say on instagram yesterday when you posted you predicted the first round pick uh-huh. you changed your prediction no, the no, only no, one no, that no, wrote no, through no, 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 was heck hold, 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 hold on hold on hold on hold on oh he did no 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 listen you picked let me clean that up i knew you was gonna bring that up let me go ahead of course let me go ahead and bring that up <clears throat> so what I said was, I believe that the Cowboys, had they had the opportunity, were going to take Sertain. That yeah. sounds like a prediction. But yeah. I, what I said that we, we should do what? Parsons. Parsons. That's what you okay. would do. That's not a prediction, okay. though. That's that's fair. It is, I mean, yeah. I agree. He was I, gone. So see, here's we the did thing. That, I mean, we did that I on the website. I think I'm with you, though. We, had a, story, don't, don't worry. we had a story yeah. on who you want them to take yeah. and who you think they're going to take. Yeah. That's we very did good two point. separate stories. And in that scenario where the corners were wiped out, by the way, for those of you who have not heard the story or have seen what happened on Thursday, the Cowboys went up on uh, on the clock at 10th overall. Both Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn were picked the picks prior. Horn number eight to Carolina, and then Sertan was at number nine going to Denver. And then the Cowboys were sat there, stuck there at 10 without their cornerbacks, and they had to make a decision. And basically the decision came down to Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle out of Northwestern, and Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. They ultimately traded back with Philadelphia, picked up. Number 84 overall, a third-round pick, extremely smart. Best way to do this whole scenario. Because you probably, with those two there, and we knew this too. I mean, we talked about this scenario on a couple of shows, that if they're wiped out, and it's Slater and Parsons, they're probably going to pick Parsons because the defense needs that uptick. They need that energy. They need that that prior, even though I would probably say I would have taken Slater. Plus, we know they do mock drafts and all that kind of stuff, just like we do for fun. They knew, they talked to Philly leading up and knew that Philly wanted a receiver. So they knew in that situation, in that scenario, yeah. we trade back, you're we're still going to get our guy. Yeah, you're not, exactly. not going to lose anything. And, and, you, so. and you knew Philly and New York, neither one of them were going to take a linebacker. No. It just, it no. just wasn't going to happen. They, no. they needed some depth at receivers. So you like like Rob said, you lost absolutely nothing. nothing. Right? Zero. You lost nothing, but you gained everything. Yep. And the, the thing is, is a lot of people might be thinking, oh, you traded with a division rival to give him a receiver. He would have gone to the division anyway. Exactly. Right. You would have yeah. played Devontae Smith, exactly. but instead of playing in green, he would be playing in blue. Blue. So yep, that's that. basically what what the trade was for. Yep. It allowed you to pick up a third round pick, which I think is a premium even to move back a couple of spots when you're not going up to get a, a quarterback yeah. that you don't put, pay that quarterback tax. So moving back two spots, the Cowboys came out on top in that deal Absolutely. 100% because Philadelphia went up, got their receiver, sure. 
The Giants, of course, as soon as the, as soon as the Philly pick was made and it was Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Heartbreak Alabama, City. they backed out. I mean, they, yeah. they, they flooded <laughs> out. They pulled the eject button. They said, come here, Chicago, get Justin Fields, and they pulled out as much as they could. A really good deal for the Giants, ultimately, as well. But what are your thoughts on, on Micah Parsons? I, I know we've hit this a couple of times, but he is the newest Dallas Cowboy, and now we want him to succeed. We want him to come in and play hair on fire. You want that energy. You want that anticipation. Cowboys fans everywhere, pretty disappointed, I think, across the board on Thursday. Let's turn that around because Michael Parsons is a hell of a player. Mm -hmm. He was fourth on the list of the four guys that we thought were going to be, at least for me. I know differently for you guys, he was number one on the list. That shows how much of a good player he is. Mm -hmm. Tell him why the Cowboys fans should be happy that Michael Parsons is going to be wearing the star. Yeah, I think I think he was the best selection at that point in time for the Cowboys. And even before that, I know Heck and I were on the same page in terms of his abilities, right? I mean, he's a he's a big boy. You know, he's he's six four and or six three, six four, whatever he is, two hundred and forty five pounds. And he the boy has some has some twinkle toes on him. I mean he runs yeah. a four three. <laughs> yep. Right. So I mean you factor that in with how the you know, not only just his abilities, right, but you factor that in with the other two guys guys that are going to be playing next to him uh, and also in addition to the fact that, they have, that the Cowboys have really done a great job of addressing this defensive front right which is the been the issue it's the reason why Van Der Esch is the reason why Jalen Smith the reason why we were hard on them all last year because these offensive linemen had the ability to work up to them and no linebacker is going to be successful when offensive linemen can get up on you so the combination of his athletic ability um, his aggressiveness right his, his tenacity uh, some of the things that I talked about in, in terms of what Quinn's looking for Quinn wants work he wants try-hard guys that are talented and athletic, right, and that are coachable. I think that's what you got when you when you go out here and get this at this stud of an athlete that there were only a handful of those in this entire draft. Man, I'm just interested in how he's going to use this weapon. Yeah. And the reason why they drafted him is his flexibility. Mm-hmm. All of the things that he can do, played running back, played DN in high school, five-star athlete, the ability to rush from the edge and pack the middle of the field. He has all of those qualities. Yeah. And the one thing that really tripped me out on draft day was just the – the opposite of opinion in Cowboy Nation. Yeah. And I understand. Oh, there like, was no in-between. No, there wasn't. And, no. And, I, and I believe that, you know, look, when you start the draft show in October and everybody's talking about a certain guy, it is embedded in your brain that we're going to take that guy. But I believe, I just was happy that the – that Will McClay, Stephen Jones, they stayed to their yep. draft board. They knew who they wanted. They knew the guy that yep. was going to be most impactful in this scheme for Dan Quinn. And I think he fits the mold. Absolutely. And we were talking about KJ Wright. We were talking yep. he is that. And that's yep. how the conversation even started. Yep. From what we needed to do in free agency, how are they going to use this yep. guy? And he's so multifaceted that you can move him to several different places on the on the field. Look, Offenses are coming out with five wide, and you're playing. You got to play a nickel set, and you have to find a way yeah. to impact offenses. You got. You have to apply pressure, and I believe that the Cowboys got their guy that they know can be that Scud missile yeah. and can impact. You know the game. I like Scud Missile. Scud, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That fits his game to a T. I don't know Kyle fans overall. I, to Heckma's point, I don't think there was a consensus like fans were disappointed with this pick. No. Fans I talked to on Twitter and interacted with, it's like they're split. You know, they're fans that yeah. wanted a corner, thought offensive line might be a need. Um, but there are also fans kind of like me that's like, take an impact defensive guy and I'm happy. And then you're going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do think, you know, and, and obviously, you know, media fans can be skeptical when the Cowboys say, hey, he was the top rated defensive guy on our board. That's what they said. I think that's accurate. That is accurate. Now, 
if a corner had been, if Sertan had been there at ten, yeah, I mean he's that's in play. They because look in the second round it was clear they were going after a cornerback. Mm-hmm. They knew they needed that. And look, the value we talked about it. Horn Sertan, the value is there. Those guys are, are going to be really good uh, if they, if you were going to take them at ten. But Heckma's right. I'm I am really curious to see how they use him. Uh, Jerry Jones talked to us after the press conference Thursday night. He was asked about, hey, this isn't a sign that, look, you're you're disappointed with Van Der Esch. You're disappointed with no, Jalen Smith. A position, yeah. He said, no, he's got a different skill set. And he, taught, he said, pressure, pressure, pressure. So sure. I'm really curious to see. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be – the the edge rusher consistently <laughs> no. or, or the Leo oh. uh, in Dan Quinn's scheme, yeah. but I think they're going to use him on blitzes. I think they're going to use him go, taking advantage of his strengths, and that's we kind of talked about this with Jalen Smith going forward. That's that's yeah. his strength. Now he off the ball. You talked about his coverage, Kyle. That's something he can improve on. Mm-hmm. But man, he can impact the, the the game going forward as a rusher. And like like Isaiah said, he gets places in a hurry with that four three speed. If he's <laughs> utilized the right way, he's a top five talent in this de- in this draft. Yeah, yeah. totally. I mean, went, top five I'm, talent. I want people to understand how you know. Obviously, we're talking about how he may be utilized, right? But understand how he fits into the scheme of this entire defense, right? You you're, you've taken care of the guys up front. Right, I feel like we have. I feel like we have. I'm not saying that we got to have dominate guys. All we need is guys not allowing offensive alignment up to yeah. the second level. Yes. That's ultimately what you need from your defensive line, right? And then obviously some ends to apply some pressure. But when you have these guys on the second level that can shoot the gap, right? When you have these guys on the second level that are all capable of running sideline to sideline, when you're capable, of, when you have guys that are physical. Oh, and by the way, there's a guy by the name of Keanu Neal that we're going to be having coming down into the box too. Mm-hmm. So your second level is going to have Jalen Smith, Vander Esch, Parsons, and Keanu Neal. That's yeah. going to be your second level. And you he, think is, those... he is a linebacker. Yeah, yeah exactly. So there's no yeah. uh, question about it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have those four guys at that level running and hitting people? It's going to be a fast and, and furious uh, defense, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. No, and, and I believe just looking at Dan Quinn's in, and we're going to talk about the interview, but yeah. I just in the interview, him just addressing just the culture change. He realized that that's the one thing that you have to do, mm-hmm. the culture change. And you talked about it, Isaiah, like – when you when you talk about teams like Seattle, what made them who they are? Mm-hmm. The culture. Yeah. And man, we just haven't had that edge in the building for a very long time. And I'm not talking about defensive end. I'm talking about edginess yeah. as a ball club. Identity. With, Thank you. Yeah. What is your identity? And no one has said, like, look, when the Cowboys come to town, I don't care win, lose, or yeah. draw, you better keep your head on Absolutely. the swivel Absolutely. and you better be ducking. Absolutely. Right? And you didn't have that, yeah. that attitude. So from the locker room all the way back, man, all of this soft talking, oh, we need to get a good – no, man. What we need to do is put people on their wallet. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what I believe the difference is going to be, and that's how I feel like the positive impact that Dan Quinn is going to have on this defense. And look at the guys that they drafted. Edgy guys. Absolutely. Yes. You can talk about all the all edgy the guys. They are guys that you Confident. want to take into a yep. brawl because you know what they bring to the table. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's one thing about this draft that uh, for those Cowboys fans that are split, I mean, there's a reason there's a split. We had it on our show. There was a huge split yeah. between wanting Parsons and wanting somebody else. But just because you don't want a guy over another guy doesn't mean you hate him. Because I'm not upset yeah, with yeah, this draft by not. any means. I don't think Michael Parsons is a bad pick. But if there were the corners there, I would have taken them. I would have taken Slater. There's a lot you can do with Micah Parsons. And if you utilize him, like you said, the right way, even if it's not those four guys on the field at the same time, because there's a very good chance that they take either 54 or 55 off the field. It's going to be interesting very good how chance. the snaps are dispersed. Hey, competition. What did I tell you guys about mm-hmm. a long time ago as far as the culture of Dan Quinn? 
Competition, competition, competition. Yeah. competition. It, yeah. And you better show up and you better bring a lunch pill every day, otherwise you're going to be sitting next to coach. And if there's a chance that <clears throat> bringing in a Micah Parsons upticks both Waite and Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, that's a win. and they step their game up, that is a huge a win, win for this defense. Because well, we've seen what this defense and how they can fire on all cylinders if both of those guys are at the top of their game. And that was 2018. Mm-hmm. You saw that in 2018. If both Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith are playing lights-out football, your defense not only going to be 23rd in the NFL, you're going to be a top 15, and then top you, and 10 And then you defense. add two other guys to that group. Exactly. you got Jabril Cox, you have uh, Keanu <laughs> Neal, you have Michael Parsons. There's three guys, three guys. added that, to that group that could yeah, potentially help things fast, out. Man. I know we're going to go down the list here. Yeah, but Cox you know, very easily could have been a second-round draft pick. No doubt. And he's a guy, he's got a totally different skill set than Parsons, which is really interesting to me. Uh, but Keanu Neal, he's going to play. Yep. I mean, he is a Dan Quinn guy. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be on the field. So I'm very interested to see how they work around this. And I think Parsons, we've talked about it. You can play, I think you can play him with other linebackers and maybe you play more base this year because you have more linebackers mm-hmm. that can run and make plays and, and uh, have some speed to them. I don't know. I can't remember who said it during the draft coverage. I mean, there were 12 hours of draft coverage. Uh, <laughs> right. But somebody said it. If, if you put Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons together, you have the perfect linebacker. Because, I mean, the size, the speed, and then Jabril Cox, his coverage ability is pretty pretty legitimate. I feel like if he if he dropped 20 pounds, he could play safety. Oh, he really could. I mean, he's yeah. got that type of ability, yeah. you know? And, and, hey, maybe that's something that they look into. I don't know. I don't think that's the case. And, and there's a lot of question marks with Cox, and I think his running ability, the ability to stop the run, or the ability to plug gaps is what ultimately led him to falling down draft boards. So there's holes in his game as well, much like there's holes with Micah Parsons. But those two together, yeah, I like that pairing a lot. Yeah. And if moving forward, if that's your linebacker core, and of course there's decisions coming up, one of them today on Leighton Vander Esch and mm. whether or not the Cowboys are going to uh, pick up or decline his fifth-year option, there's decisions with Jalen Smith going into June 1st and going into this next offseason or in this next uh, this next season. So if those two are your core, I mean, Micah Parsons, Jabril Cox, if you're linebackers, I'm not necessarily too upset about that, Rob. No, not at all. Not at all. And I, I'm just – I think, you know, they, we're again, we're going to go down the list. And there was, a, there was a pick in the third round where, from a value standpoint, you're kind of like, hmm, oh, yeah. interesting. We'll get to that. But when you turn around and all that matters, first of all, is what the Cowboys think. And the Cowboys had certain guys valued maybe differently than other guys. But I don't think there's any question that Cox was, was somebody uh, that could have been a easily a, an early day two pick. And mm-hmm. so – I think when you look at it, I had a feeling, I think there was a vibe there that they were going to hit this draft, just hammer defense early and often, and it does kind of heck, it goes back to the best available thing. Yeah. You're not always doing that because, you know, the odds of the of the top guy on their board always being defense are 8 out of 11 times, not likely, but they they made a point of, look, we got to fix this. Dan Quinn comes in, we got to add competition, we got to add speed, we got to add edge. We got I talked I heard more about arm length with defensive players than I ever had <laughs> right? in my life. Oh, there was a ton of arm length La- in this draft. Yeah, uh, they they hit all of those things mm-hmm. and gave uh Dan Quinn some some uh, something to work with. Isaiah, they kind of fit that uh fit that mold. They want the tall fast guys for Dan Quinn. And that they didn't really tall, veer from Seattle, that a whole tall, lot. Tall, fast and competitive. Yeah. I, I talked about, it. you know, the the main thing, the reason why I was so gung ho on Parsons is because you had to solidify your front seven, right? You needed him. Obviously, you need a couple other instruments in there as well. But you secure your front seven. And why did I say the front seven was so important? Because the front seven makes your secondary better, 
right? They make your secondary better. What I knew Quinn was going to come in here and do was get guys out there that were t- tough, competitive, and long. Just long enough to I used to face against I used to face Sherman in practice. I faced Browner in practice. These boys was long. They had go-go gadget arms, right? Yeah. All they want to do is get their hands on you and stop you for half a second. If they stop you for half a second by getting their little go-go gadget arms on you, you're done. You're done because guess what? Those guys up front are going to get home. And guess what? Their job is so much easier. And why do they go out there and get guys that can catch the ball, DBs that can catch? Hmm. Because the balls are going to be getting thrown up there in the air. They're not going to be as accurate. And there's going to be plenty of opportunities for picks, for picks out there. I saw a stat over the weekend that the Cowboys allowed what it was the second most rush yards in history, in team history, right? But like 1,700 of them were before first contact. Ooh, jeez. That's unheard of to Ooh. me. And if you don't fix that, and, and we'll get to the defensive line yep. moves they made, Parsons helps in that regard. If you don't fix that, yeah, issues. you're not fixing your defense, period. So they knew what they had to do going into this draft. So before we do head into that second segment, by the way, I am watching the, the chat right now. So if you were watching us live on Periscope, send us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. How did you feel like the Cowboys draft went? Just I, I just kind of want to get a, a gauge of how you guys out there are feeling, how the Cowboys draft overall. We might be able to even take some calls coming up here in a little bit what? as what? well. How about that? Let's try and do that when we come back on Talking Cowboys. We're going to talk about the rest of the draft outside of Micah Parsons, and then we're also going to hit Dan Quinn. What is that scheme going to necessarily look like? Are we looking at a 3-4 moving into the future, or maybe not so much? You're listening to Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico, here from the Star. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So, to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Back to Talking Cowboys. (laughs) 
We're back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Kyle Yeomans, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison. Isaiah's got them on, so whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with SLR lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local SLR experts and see what SLR can do for you. See more, do more, SLR. And the best part about this is that one... Everybody's back in person. Yes. To the NFL draft happened, and I love the draft. I don't know if you guys knew that. You could probably hey. tell. Yeah, I love the draft. Congrats on wall to wall, man. Yeah. You guys, thank you. You guys right. did a wonderful job. It, Definitely, it was super fun. It really was. I mean, in working with David Hellman, Brian Broadus, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin Turner, Dane Brugler. I mean, those guys are the best. I mean, really are. It, it, it's a fun, informative atmosphere. I've feel like I learn every time I talk to those guys. So shout out to those guys. Shout out to everybody who was behind the scenes. It really was a group effort, and it was a ton of fun. So I thank you. I appreciate you saying And Chris that. Beam. Chris Beam was in here, man. Yeah, come on now. Uh, say that one more time, Beam, because I, I think I think he just said there's somebody on the phone. What? Oh. There, we're able to take calls again on Talking Cowboys. This show has never taken a call together. Right? Yes, Ever. that is exactly Ever. right. We've got Brian from Iowa on the line. The question is, what do you think about the NFL draft? Brian, how are things going? Hey, it's going pretty good, and and I'm very excited about the draft. I'm kind of surprised they got all defense because I thought they would go like uh, a little bit between, but, but I'm very, uh, very excited about the draft. Um, my question is, what do you think there will use with Chauncey Golston? Because I watched him play at at, at a clinic, and and the way I think Dan Quinn's going to use him is what they might have used Michael Bennett mm-hmm. in Seattle. You know, if they want to pull him on the edge for for the run stopping, but 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 if they want to put him in the middle. For like, uh, be small, but 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 speed wise, um, what do you guys think about that? I think uh, well, Michael Bennett was here for a hot second, yeah, uh, a couple years ago. I, to me, what jumps out is they lost Tyrone Crawford to retirement, and he reminds me so much of Tyrone Crawford in terms of just a high motor, high character guy that, to his point, is going to play multiple spots for you. I, he's probably an end, Kyle, but but he can kick inside. Yeah, he could definitely kick inside. He's long enough. He's he's athletic enough. I mean, 85, 84 inch arms. Uh, I mean, he's got just bricks, cinder blocks for hands. I mean, this is this dude is next level strong. the The thing is about about him is that that's that's his go to is stopping the run. So I completely agree with Brian. By the way, Brian, thank you for the call. Uh, the thing about Chauncey Golson that I'm really excited about is that versatility, is the ability to stop the run, because you talked about it in the last segment of just how hard it was for this Cowboys defense to get hands on people. That's what Golston does. You turn on the film, he's getting hands on people. He may not actually be making the tackle specifically, but he's in the vicinity and he's able to find a way to get his hands on opponents. And Isaiah, I think that's exactly a good way to say it. Michael Bennett, Tyrone Crawford, kind of those little hybrid inside-outside roles is probably something that would fit really well for Golston. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those versatile defense alignment, right? So, I mean, 
like I said, the one of the one of the common themes here with Quinn is high motor guys. Yep. High motor, you know, <laughs> you know, great energy, great effort guys. And you know, as you as you're looking at some of these highlights here, he's aggressive. He's you know, he's quick off the ball. He's not necessarily a fast guy. He's quick off the ball, but he comes with he comes with violent intentions when he when he gets there, right? And when you have these guys that are playing defense, quote unquote defensive ends, understand that these aren't when you say a defensive end, there's not just like put your hand in the ground and run around the edge of the tackle. There is in, in Quinn's system, you're going to see a lot of stunts. He's not going to just line up and just come straight ahead. He's going to have guys that are playing defensive ends. They're going to be doing TE stunts where the, the defensive end is coming inside and the tackle is going outside, right? And when those guys come inside, their jobs a lot of times are to knock off the guard, right? Be violent. Come off. Take one side of the guard. Run him down the line so that you can get your linebackers. Oh, look at there. Linebackers <laughs> in the gaps, right? So as we start talking about some of these positional guys, understand that nobody's just going to be lining up and going straight ahead. Yeah, I love what I love about get, with him, uh, love about Coach Chauncey is his bend. You know, his ability mm-hmm. to get the edge, set the edge, get around tackles. Yeah. I thought he was quality in that. I, I really, it, again, when you go back to the opinions that people had about him as a pick and where other draft sources had him, I thought again, I just thought he fit perfectly into our system. You talk about his long arms, you talk about strong hands, all of those things, but his diverse being able to be diversity diversified to go down to the edge, go down to the to the five the three, all of those different things that he can do, and also stunting. You know, look, mm-hmm. when you have the athletes that can play every scheme that you want and you don't have to sub guys in and out and you know, well, they got this guy on the field. So this is so, so this is what this is. You're not tipping your hand. And I think that's what Dan Quinn did in this draft by getting guys that no matter what set you're in and you ask him questions about whether you play a three, four or four, three, being able to give those multiple looks will give your defense the edge that the competitive edge that you need because everybody's scheming up for everybody. Yep. Don't think that other teams in the NFC aren't combing through all of Dan Quinn's defenses to find out what he's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it was it was really ironic when he talked about that, you know, about getting better as a play caller, as you know, as a coordinator, and just combing over all of that, getting. Um, advice from people. How can I be better? Because he realizes that the league and offenses are changing. So whether it be a 3-4 look, a 4-3 look, either way, you got to have guys that are multiple and diversified to be able to do that. One of the things, and I talked about learning from the other draft show guys who have done this a little bit longer than I have, but they always say, you're watching one guy and other guy sticks out on tape. You should probably circle that guy and come back to him. That's exactly what uh, Chauncey Golston was for me. I was watching Davion Nixon, the D-tackle from Iowa, who's wearing 54 I kept being like, wow, what what is this 57 doing? (laughs) What is this 57 guy? Because he's in the backfield a lot. You're going to see him in the backfield a lot, and I I do end up enjoying this pick. Brian, thank you for the call. By the way, we got another Brian on the line. This time it's Brian from Vegas. Brian, you there? How you doing, fellas? Doing great. What's up, Brian? What's going on? Oh, man, I just had a couple comments about the the draft zone. You don't mind me taking too much of your time. Go for it. Uh, you know, I was just wondering, you know, how did you how do you guys feel about the Cowboys and I felt like they should have been a little more aggressive. And forgive me if I sound a little muffled, safety first, I got my mask on here. Good. Um I felt like they should have been more aggressive. You know, if you think about anytime I think about the Cowboys and extra draft picks, I you know, I still can't get over two thousand and I believe two thousand and nine, two thousand and eight draft where they had all those draft picks. And Jason Williams was their first pick. And when well, that's because they kept trading they down. Th- <laughs> their first yeah, pick right. was in the third round. 
Right, yeah, J.C. Williams. And I just, when I thought about it, you know, everybody was like Jake uh, Kavanaugh. He was just like, he was hoping that they would trade down with New England. And for me personally, I was hoping that too. Mm -hmm. But I just kept thinking, are they really going to do the right thing here? Because I'm not a I'm not a fan of just oh I want to get this type of player because he has long arms. Who cares? Who the hell cares if he has long arms but he can't play? Yep. And I'm speaking of the pick at 99. Mm-hmm. What I would have liked to seen the Cowboys do with that third round pick. I haven't seen these guys on the field. And I understand that, but if you're gonna, in my opinion, take a third round pick on a fifth round player, why not just move up and make sure you get your safety? You're gonna go up, in my opinion, to get a lesser corner and what is rumored to be Tyson Campbell and the Jaguars spot, you got the better corner by staying there, but it's no secret that they wanted their safety. I don't care what Stephen Jones says. I don't believe they were going to invest in that safety. You know, because it's just like, if you know that that's your guy, you can't keep sitting there waiting for him to fall. The draft doesn't work mm-hmm. that way. You don't get lucky like that every year and just hope that you can stand down. You're not the Patriots. You're not Baltimore. Those are the only two teams that are lucky like that, that, are, that somebody is just going to fall to them and it's going to be the right guy. Say it with your chest, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't Brian. have faith in the Cowboys that that's what's going to happen. Brian, are you talking so about – person- I'm sorry, I'm go sorry, ahead. I'm sorry, Brian. Are you talking about moving up in the second round to get – Yeah, get yeah get, you want to get your guy. Up. Okay. Right, get your guy. Don't sit there mm-hmm. and think that you're going to be able to – sit there and think that you're going to be able to get to – uh, the America is just going to keep falling to you. I would have liked to seen them go get him, even if you give up a fourth round pick, because the Jabril Cox, in my opinion, the value of drafting him saved their draft. Because to me, I was just sitting there looking like, what the heck are they doing? I'm not a fan of the Parsons pick. Let's be honest. Sam, uh, Parsons, to me, is a Sam linebacker that runs four three speed. If he runs four five, he does. The Cowboys don't take him. That's, and that's my good point. But he doesn't Nick run a four five. But that's 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 two right. steps. But, <laughs> it, but it's yeah. a lot of people. It's a lot of people in the league that are fast and can't play. Yeah, he can't cover. Jabril Cox falls to the fourth round because he's not a good run defender. But Michael Parsons goes twelve, and he can't cover the pass. To me, you sit there and take Elijah Vera Tucker. Or the kid, for the tackle for that went to the Chargers, and then you, you just keep going. But it seemed like they were too anxious to fix the defense to where I felt like they reached on a player. Well, I appreciate you the know. call, that's, Brian. Uh, that's, really, that's fair. But but it also it goes back to depends on how they're going to use Micah Parsons. I don't think they're going to use him and put him in a bunch of spots where he's got to cover. No, I mean name 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 five linebackers off top that can cover in this league. Hmm. I can only that can name one. The, that can cover these tight ends? Yeah. Who can cover these tight ends in this league? No, and, and where we had to get better was <laughs> yeah. in the middle of our defense. And yeah. guys, that, and, and I get the, the too often used word, you're reaching on a guy. When you talk about the talent that Parsons has, that's not a reach. No. And where you can use him in this defense isn't a reach either. No. So at this point, he's a Dallas Cowboy. We know exactly what he's going to bring to the table. It's Look, we, we all are in a wait-and-see situation. Yeah. Again, you could be uh, armchair you know, GM and all of that. But these guys, this is what they get paid to do. Mm-hmm. They put a grade on these guys, and they had Michael Parsons where he needed to be. Had he not opted out, if, if you know, I think a lot of people would have had 
a better assertion of what he could do. I yeah. just think there every highlight we see is a Memphis highlight. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, yeah. okay, he did that well. He blitzed well, all of that, but maybe hey, he can't. He cover. got fresh legs. Very, very good points that that you just brought up. And specifically, there's two things that I want to kind of address what Brian said. First off. Saying that Micah Parsons can't play is in, that's inaccurate. He can ball. I mean, this guy is a baller. He's a top. He was a top five talent. The reason why he went twelve was because of the the character concerns and because of some of the off the field stuff. That's why he fell a, a little bit longer. And that's not even anything that was going to keep him out of the top fifteen. You think him opting out might have hurt too? Just not character. Very just well, could lack have. of uh, tape yeah. on him. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, he was a sophomore. He played two years basically yeah. of, of collegiate way. football. Either way, the boy got film that shows he could play. <laughs> Hell yeah. Either and way, didn't yeah. he win a bucket? Did yeah. he yeah. Yeah. a bucket yeah. yeah. first, first sophomore to ever win? Yeah. And he they don't that. just hand Handles that award out. No. out the last time I checked. Yeah, last time I checked, they don't just they don't. Some people like him aren't born; they're created. Okay, you know, physical specimens. You know, there's there's good players, and then there's physical specimens who are who happen to be good players as well. No doubt. And you just and you don't you don't pass on guys like yeah. that. He is a he yeah. is a top five talent in this draft. He yeah. just had concerns and question marks around him that that kind of diminished his draft stock compared to some of the other yeah. players that were available. Now, the second thing he said was talking about being aggressive in the second round and going up and getting a Tyson Campbell type of player. Well, first off, Tyson Campbell was the first player off the board to Jacksonville at thirty three. You weren't going to get that pick. Jacksonville knew that at the end of round round one. They were like, okay, so let's go ahead and like put this in. The card was written up before they went to bed that night. It was going to be Tyson Campbell. You weren't going to get that pick. I, I mean, the Cowboys, from what I had heard and from the rumors that were around the building, they tried their best to get back up into the, uh, in, into the 30s to try and go get a safety, go get a Richie Grant or a Trayvon Merrick. I think Merrick was really the biggest target because that was the guy who had, they had the most interest in going into draft night. They tried to be aggressive, and, and Brian Broaddus made a great point on this. During the the second day of the draft, he said, normally scouts, front offices, when they get a chance to sleep on their board, they usually have a guy in mind or two that they don't necessarily want to give up. They want they see there, they get a chance to kind of sit back, look around and say, okay, that guy's there, that guy's there, that guy's there. I would be cool with any three of those guys. It's going to take a premium to make me get out of this spot because I want those guys on my draft, especially when you're up at the top of the second round. Now, there were a lot of trades that happened right there. And even that shows that there was some premium that had to give up. You probably wouldn't have gotten away with it with 99 only. You would have had to give up a next year, two, or maybe yep. something else to try and get up into that realm. Those are great points. The other two things I would add is with Kelvin Joseph in the second round at cornerback, they knew they needed a corner. They mm-hmm. knew that they couldn't wait too long to get that position addressed after taking Parsons. And he's a guy they really liked. And they told us what they said was even if Merrick had been there, Joseph was the pick. Now you, we can debate that, yeah, but, of but I, but I know, I know, but I, but I do know this. I do know that they loved Kelvin Joseph, and that was a guy they had targeted at forty-four because, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like Parsons hadn't played a whole lot of college football, but fits that Dan Quinn style of corner: big, physical corner, fast, competitive, takes the ball away, takes the ball away a lot. Um, and then, you know, Brian, the other thing he mentioned about, uh, he was referencing Sean Wright. Sean Wright, yeah. At the end of the third round. He said he's a fifth round player. Cowboys had him rated higher than that, maybe third sure. round, uh, probably third round. He was fifth so, round to everybody in the media. Yeah. But not, I mean, you don't know if he would have lasted, lasted to the fourth round. But Isaiah's talked about it, you know, the type of player, heck, too, the type of players that Dan Quinn likes in the secondary, that's the exact, he fits it to a T. He's 6'4. Yeah. And 
he has traits that Dan Quinn thinks they can work with mm-hmm. and and makes him a higher value to them than maybe other teams. And ultimately, that's all that matters. That's you know? it. And I'm not comparing him to Richard Sherman, but just remember Richard Sherman was a fifth-round pick and nobody thought he could play. Yeah. So I'm not saying he's going to be that. I'm just saying that all that matters is what the Cowboys think, and that's it's what they value. all about scheme, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, I love his atti- and I love his attitude yeah. right away. He, 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 he talked attitude. about comparing himself to Richard Sherman yeah. and Richard Sherman. Now, that was funny. Retwe- I, it was funny. It's a com- comparison in the back and forth, but a guy comes in and he realizes what his skill set is and what he's going to bring to the table. Look, everybody understands. It's 6'4", 211 pounds, um, a guy that you can put in zone coverage, a guy that you can even feature in the safety position at 6'4", and can run a 4-4. That means he covers ground. And, and look, man, whether you know anything about boxing or not, and you talk about reach and be- length and all of that, look, if I can... If I can touch you from where I am and, and your arms can't get to me, and it's combat at the line yeah. of scrimmage. And that makes a difference, whether you believe in that or not. I'm saying he's our guy. He's going to develop into a player, a special teams player. We had guys like him in the past. Patrick Watkins, 6'4", oh, yeah. 215, a guy that's long and rangy and can make plays. Look, you, you got to give this guy an opportunity, and there's plenty. There's plenty that has a duck that whoever threw that. That's a duck footage, please. So, and, and one other thing, Kyle. Sorry, I just I want to mention what Dane Brugler said on the draft show. Yeah, we love Dane. He's great at what he does. He's a class act too. What he said was. Go study him yourself. You know, no like I, I had him as a you know whatever it was priority free agent seventh round pick. I've been wrong before, so we're all going to find out. You no know doubt. whether he can play or not. Yeah, and and I, I don't know how to make people understand this more. Um, it is so much about scheme than it is just about overall talent. Yeah, it's so much more. There's 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 a category of player that's like, hey, this dude is just a, he's a talent. We got to have him, right? You, we just have to have him because you they just don't come across athletes like this. A.K.A. Parsons, right? Yeah. He's, he's a beast. So he's not only a good player, he's a heck of an athlete. Then you have guys who's like, guess what? There might be overall better players, yeah. right? When you talk about the holistically, so it might be better corners. However, this corner is better for us because of the capabilities and the attributes that they have for how we're going to utilize them in our system. If they're more physical up front, maybe they're not the greatest of cover guys, but they don't let people off the ball. Guess right. what? They're more viable to us than somebody who's just an overall good cover corner. So it's, it's not just about, okay, how, how is this person rated? Mm-hmm. How are they going to be utilized in this system? And Dan Quinn knows exactly how he's going to use these guys. He's done it before. He's done it everywhere he goes, and he's going to do it again here where he knows, hey, these type of players are going to work great in my system. And, and what I think is very intriguing is the, dyna- the, the, the contingent of Cowboy fans that applaud the Jabril Cox pick but hate the Parsons pick. Yeah. When you look, for me, for Cox, the, the evaluation has been, and you have it there on your board, that weak against the run yep. but great in coverage. Well, I'm sorry, as a linebacker, you're going to have to be able to stop the run because that's a part of the job, right? But also being a cover guy, I've never seen any teams that say, you know, our linebackers are a great part of our coverage. Yeah, you're covering a zone. You're covering flat, deep third. It wasn't until the Super Bowl that we see the guy like David cover a a, a tight end, man-to-man. Now, that is a particular skill set that you need, (laughs) right? But that's just one guy. So going back to Nashawn Wright in the pick at 99, I don't have a problem with the player they picked. I have a problem with where they took him. 
That's my biggest because thing. you thought he could just they could just because get him he later. could have gotten they could have, could have gotten him in the fifth round. Now the Jabril Cox pick made me feel better about it because if they wouldn't have taken Deshaun Wright at ninety nine, I wholeheartedly believe it would have been Jabril Cox. So you got him anyways. You got your guy. You were going to get right. in that spot regardless. So I feel much better about it. But in that scenario, at least at the end of day two, I went home thinking they mailed it in at ninety nine because the, the they had a good pick with Chauncey Golston. They had a good pick with Osa Digizua. They at ninety nine. It felt like they melted in. That was frustrating to me because Nashawn Wright, it came out of nowhere, and you're like, okay, he's a good player, but is he going to be a third round? I mean, the pressure that comes with a third round pick is immense in its own right. Is he going to live up to that, or is he going to be on the roster in two years? That's my biggest question is why did you decide to use that premium of a pick on him when you could have gotten him in the fifth? That's where I have my pause. Because you don't know. Unless they <laughs> had some intel that other teams liked him. That's in the, the in only the thing round. I can think about. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing I can really think about. Now, Tom, uh, Tom from Virginia is on the line. We're going to hit him on the other side of the break. So hang on with us, Tom. We'll get to you coming up in a little bit. Appreciate you guys listening. We are talking Cowboys. We will be right back with some more fan calls. And hey, how about some grades here on talking Cowboys when we return? Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. When there's work to be done, a real workhorse can make all the difference. Like the Range Boss Package. Our 5075E John Deere 75 horsepower tractor features a bell spear and loader and starts at $369 per month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. It works like a horse, so you don't have to. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now, let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So, to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone. New and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here with Talking Cowboys, whether you're listening listening to us here on Talking Cowboys or you are working out and listening to music while you work with Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds, you can experience audio at a whole new level with Bose Quiet Comfort Earbuds, the official earbuds of the Dallas Cowboys. Hello there, Mr. Heckmeyer. And with the 12th pick in the NFL draft, the Dallas Cowboys take Michael Parsons, and it sounds like a symphony in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That was so good. I heard it twice in my ears. I love it. All right, we've got Tom from Virginia on the line. Tom, how are things going with you in Cowboy Land? 
I'm not in Cowboy Land. I know I'm you're not. Tell you that. It's America's team. <laughs> We're all in Cowboy Land. Absolutely, and I say that every time I have a chance. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank each and every one of y'all for what you do. Appreciate that. You are, you are my lifeline back to Texas. I grew up in Bay City, and uh, you know I miss this the seriousness of football. Mm-hmm. But Mike, uh, heck, man, you just pointed out a good thing here. The twelfth pick, they picked Mike Parsons, and the previous caller, a couple callers back, said, you know, why would you pick him if you know he's not going to be as beneficial, but. Uh, and Isaiah, you can probably attest to this. There's people that have a crossover positional training from youth into high school into college and then pro. That if, like, for instance, Michael Parsons was an offensive threat, if you look back in his film. Um, so, I mean, he had, I think, 12, almost 1,300 yards one year as an offensive, you know, Backfield in the yeah, offensive running back. Uh, running back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's one of these things. If you have the physical ability and athleticism to adjust, it helps Micah know where that run's going to go because as a running back, he knew how to follow the block. He knew where the guard tackle or whatever, tra- you know, uh, uh, shit, trap they were going to run. You know, he knew. He anticipation that helps him to be more effective in in the run. But what was our weakest point last year? Wasn't it stopping the run? Haven't I heard that? No, for doubt. the last Hello, three months, without question. And and I'm going. You know, you can develop people to you know, you know, anticipate a pass, screen pass, all these other things. But you know, where I went to school, and this is crazy. If you wanted to play high school football in Bay City, Texas, you had to play junior high basketball. Yeah. And it was because you had to learn to anticipate what is coming. And then it also helped you follow the ball and who who was open. Well, thank you very much for the call, Tom. And, and Isaiah, yeah, just kind of attesting to what he said, Micah Parsons, the awareness the, the quick trigger, that's something you're going to have to see. Because on film, it was there at times, but it wasn't completely consistent. I mean, this is a guy, like he said, has been groomed all the way up to be an NFL linebacker at yeah. this point. I mean, he's just that kind of player. But you've got to see a little bit of an uptick in terms of the awareness, in terms of the quick trigger. He has it on occasion, but where do you see the biggest improvement of that coming from Micah Parsons? Yeah, it's just coming and getting acclimated to the to the environment, right? And, and getting that wisdom from Coach Quinn and some of the other coaches. You know, some of you know, shoot, LVE and Jalen. You'll be able to speak. You know, give them some knowledge as well. I mean, just when you come into the NFL, you're you are fresh and yeah. you don't have an understanding of what it really means. To, most most people don't have an understanding of what it means to study. They don't really understand film study. They don't understand looking for cues and looking for, you know, little 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 things that give you the edge. Uh, once he gets those things and you pair those up with his athleticism, which cannot be taught. <laughs> you yeah. can't teach athleticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't teach instincts. You can't teach 4-3. Uh, his, you can't teach the ability for some of these running backs in this league to be able to hit the edge and them not be able to get the edge because this guy can can stay in their hip pocket. You can't teach Teach those things. So when you factor in the ability to his willingness to learn, um, and you pair that up with all those attributes, he's going to be a problem. And not Man. only is he going to be a problem, that whole unit's going to be a problem. I wish Sean Lee was here for one more year. Yeah, 
I wish there was one more year of Sean Lee, or at least uh, at hey, least at the. And I think he should. Yeah, he should be around. That would be fine. the organization. But one of the things I love about him, and he he talks about you know having to play basketball before you you know play at a senior level at his high school. I love guys that had to wrestle. Yeah, if you're a wrestler, that means you're physical. You you know what the, you know that in defensive linemen, offensive linemen yeah. with that wrestling background and what they're able to bring from a physicality standpoint. But you're right. There are certain things that you can't teach a guy to do. It's just instinct. It's innate. He does it naturally, right? Mm-hmm. And his ability to sniff out the run, sprint options, all of those things, you see it show up on tape. His ability to get to the quarterback. He does that consistently. Yeah. All the things that people say about him, you know, misdirection and things like that. There are a ton of linebackers in this league or, or in, in college that will take a wrong step and you try and pivot back the other way with a 300-pound person coming down on you. That's a lose-lose situation, right? Yeah. And so, you, stu- you know, it's study wrong, study long. <laughs> and that's the, that's, the, that's the thing that happens to a lot of guys. But I think the speed of the game won't be too much for him. No, and those nuanced no. things that you're talking about. About yeah. studying, studying tendencies, being just a student of the game. I think that's what's going to happen yep. to him here in this locker room because Dan Quinn's going to demand it. True that. Osa Adigizua was a wrestler, right? I Tim think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mike is a bowler. I hear he's a he's a bowler. He loves to bowl. Isaiah. Why you turn your head so Mr. fast, Mr. Parsons? I'm handing this challenge out right now. Okay. Uh, welcome you to Dallas with a bowl off. Head to head. Bum, bum, bum. He's already taken down Patrick Did you Patrick put Creighton. the back on out? Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> That's interesting. Challenge issued. Man I, has five balls, he says. Five of his own. That, that people know about. Well, that people know about. You, don't, uh, you guys don't want this problem. <laughs> I want definitely to take Kyle, a problem. Sure Kyle, Kyle might actually be a two-handed bowler. Oh, That'd God. Nice. What? They give him the rails. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and yeah, the little bumpers on the side. <laughs> I get almost, him to just push it down the, the hill. Yeah, no. Oh, I almost uh, failed bowling in college, so I'm never going to play oh, you. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't show by up. the way, there is some breaking news here on Talking Cowboys. Oh. Uh, Sports Day reporting that the Cowboys have declined fifth year option on Leighton Vander Esch's contract. Makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, not officially from the team, that is from Sports Day. Uh, Dallas Morning News that is actually reported. If Rob there. Phillips don't say it, I don't trust it. If, well, it's not official <laughs> yet, but if that's the case, it, it, he was going to be set to make nine point two million next year. That's you know for a pandemic cap. That's tough. That's tough. And then you you draft two linebackers, and I I don't I would not rule out him coming back beyond twenty twenty one. But you know that's that's a move that you kind of thought might was was coming. Yeah. You know, just because of the, their cap situation. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. It was kind of, at least, especially after the Michael Parsons pick, it seemed like that was going to be a foregone conclusion of, of maybe declining that. We'll see if it is official along the way. Yeah. Can I say one other thing about Parsons? Let's do um, it. The sample size, you could look at that two ways. Like, he hasn't played a lot of college football, you know? One-year starter at Penn State. Now you can say, ah, we haven't seen enough of him. You could also say from, like you guys said, from diagnosing plays and instincts and all that, let him play some more football. You know, let him get out there and, and, and with the coaching and just have more experience. And maybe he's going to develop into more of that from the coverage standpoint because he's got the speed. He's got the range to go sideline to sideline. So I wouldn't rule out like him getting better. You know, I mean, that's the whole point of this thing is to draft him and coach him up. You know, and they've got a staff, proven staff under Dan Quinn that can do that. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also super nervous to see what his year one 
contributes are because of yeah. an opt out, because of how young he was, because of the low mileage in terms of a first Defense round rookie linebacker. of the year. I would be great. I'd be totally fine with that. Mm. Look, how do you feel great. about that? That'd be great. It's possible. Okay. I'd be he's, excited. I, I okay. He's going to play a lot. You know, uh, Kelvin, he will play a lot. Kelvin no Joseph, their second round pick, hasn't played a lot either. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, why he left LSU and didn't finish season in Kentucky. Now that jumps out at you, right? But that's another guy who's young and hasn't played a lot. And you're thinking the best might be ahead of him too, with co- with coaching mm-hmm. and more time on the field. So you can look at it one of two, two ways. What was the biggest surprise for you guys in the draft or yeah, with the Cowboys? In, in, with the Cowboys draft, the 99th pick for me. Really? Yeah. yeah. That was mine. That was my biggest surprise. And I'm only saying that because from people who really study it were just shocked that he was taken as early yeah. as he was. Right, was taken. As yeah, early. the yeah. reaction. The reaction was kind of like, did they get this wrong? Because yeah. everybody kind of like the wrong card. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Because yeah. everybody like turned over furniture when that <laughs> came in. So I agree. But what, what was your biggest surprise? Cox oh, being there. That was yeah, another surprise. Simi, the receiver. Simi Fajoko. Oh, yeah. I like I him. High, I, mean, I like him too. But I didn't. I didn't. I know they're going to try to address offensive line, which they did, mm-hmm. yeah. um, defensive line, which they did, but I did not see them spinning a fifth on a receiver. I didn't see that coming. Really? I, I thought I it would see it coming. I thought it was the perfect spot for them to, to look at a receiver, just to yeah. add competition. Yeah. at the back end, maybe. No, I don't disagree with the fact they got a receiver, but mm-hmm. just I thought they would have solidified those other positions yeah. first. I mean, I know we we got it on the back end, but I no, mean, that's I shocking. mean, you're right. They took a receiver before yeah. they took. A the D tackle, which is my favorite pick, yeah. by the way. Bahana. Yeah. And then and we'll see how it pans out. That's a log jam at that position. But then you know, and then they take a, the a corner that's gonna a guard and a corner that's gonna transition to safety apparently before the receiver after the receiver. Talk about so, get you. Yeah. 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 That, I'm so that happy you bring me. up the guy Bohannon, man. Yeah. Whoa. That's that's my guy. That's a big give, that's give a big three, old man. Give me three fifty in the middle. The 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 term <laughs> trash can full of dirt was thrown around quite a bit on the draft show because that's just what he is. He's a space space eater. What's my favorite? Walmart parking pole. Ooh, that's a good one. I love it when you say that. He's, he's, he said that one time in a lacrosse broadcast, and I almost fell over. So um, and it's not guys not moving, and that's what we need. We need a guy that can take on the double yeah. team and can push the pocket. We didn't have that last year, and you know that's what makes the difference when you talk about your Same linebackers level. being yep. able to being yes. free to roam. And you get eight defensive guys in this draft. I think what it did is it put everybody on notice on, on this team, absolutely, and that's why you see the decisions coming down like. Like that, and so God, the, the light and the fire. There he is, big That's boy. Look at, yeah, look how uh, big he is. He's got some swag to him at, too. Right, he can get some water burger immediately. Isaiah, you're exactly right. You said eight draft picks on the defensive side. Somebody tweeted me right after the draft was over and said, "Who's who's safe on this defense?" And it ain't safe. My, my answer was my answer was tank, but that was it. I was like, yeah, outside of that, that's it. Competition breeds breeds a better team. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. this defensive line, this defensive line room now is full. It's I mean, packed. they have like is Tristan Hill guaranteed to be on this roster? Yeah, they have twenty defensive tackles. It seems like yeah, it ain't safe. Diggy so Zua's yeah. fun. It's a good problem to have. Bohanna's fun. Defensive end is, is kind of Neville mm-hmm. Gallimore. Yeah. Yeah. It's not safe. No one's safe. And I and I think that's, that's indicative good. of the results that yeah. you had last year. If you went into this draft and you got eight offensive guys, I think you'll be like, what is going on? <laughs> we have to get this defense better. So you put guys on notice and say, that's not going to work. That effort won't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's Mike Nolan. Dick Buckus, I don't care who you have at defensive coordinator, you're going to have to come and perform next year. And look, I'm waiting. OTAs two a days are going to be fun. Okay. It is going to be a lot of fun. Now, 
Let's go ahead. I know we're heading into summer break pretty much, but let's give out some report cards on what you think the draft was. Now, I will say in preface this, I'm not usually the biggest fan of draft grades just because you have to wait three years to figure out what the draft's actually going to look like. But based off of what you saw and what you've studied and what you've seen going into this draft, what would you grade the Cowboys as? Isaiah, we'll start start with you first. I give it A-. I I like it a lot. I think we addressed every hole that we had. Every hole that we, I mean, aside from safety, which I think we obviously got that in the, uh, with some uh, offseason acquisitions. Washington yeah. Crisp Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an apple. Yeah, he's, he's going to take that apple. <laughs> Mr. Jones, here you go. I like it. There it is. I like it. And, and, like may, it. and maybe, maybe Israel is going to be a safety that competes for, for time. Never know. I, I don't know. He's with cornerback traits. I like it. I, like it. Mm, I, I also think they feel, it also sent me a little bit of a message that they feel good about Kazee. And what he could bring. Oh, he's a Dan Quinn guy. Yeah. So, yeah. So if he's healthy, he's, he's, he's going to play a lot. Yeah. yeah. I'm going A minus also. So, yeah. A minus. Get a plexiglass, baby. Yeah. A minus. And, and, and the only way, the only reason why I'm not saying A plus is because they didn't get a safety. Yeah. yeah. That's the all. Oh, that's Same the here. only because yeah. I felt like that was the place that we needed to go. But I'm not so hurt about them not getting one that I'm like, oh God, you know. I still feel like, you know, there's the free agency uh, approach. There's still going to be guys yep. that are going to be cut from other rosters. So Absolutely. again, if you shore up the that that front line and your linebackers are there, man, you have a little bit of leniency on the back end. I'll go B plus. I love the approach. I love. I mean, I said it. Just draft defense over and over and over again. I love that. Uh, I mentioned off the field. You know, fourth round Josh Ball, their offensive tackle. There's off the off the field questions there. Now look, yeah. they said they did their homework mm-hmm. and they feel good about it. So you got to trust that. Um, but other than that, I mean, I just it, it, it's not. I'm not comparing it to the 05 draft because that changed the scope of their defense. Yep. With a future Hall of Famer and guys that really became Pro Bowl guys, but it, that's what it reminded me of. Like we have a new coordinator, we're going to kind of a new scheme. We're just going to hammer this thing over and over and over again. I like what they did. I like it a lot. That's going to do it for us. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, C- <laughs> Twelve hours on the show. You got to tell us what you're doing. C plus is oh, what I give geez. it. Uh, I think wow. it was a good draft because you did. You filled those holes. It had a chance to be a great draft, and I, I think there were a couple of spots that slipped through the cracks a little bit just in the fact of, one, you didn't get a safety. I really wanted a safety early. And I, much like uh, I forgot, I think it was the second Brian. I think it was Brian from Vegas that said it. Like, he wanted him to be aggressive. I wanted him to be aggressive, too. I know they tried, but they didn't get through, and they didn't make the pick. Because if you would have come out with this draft with, uh, with Parsons and then, let's say, like a Richie Grant or a Trayvon Merrig, or you come out and then you go and get one of those corners later on, and you still have Jabril Cox. That's an A A draft for me. I mean, that's a really really good draft. You probably lose two to three players that you have right now. You probably would, but I mean, you also spent the 99th pick on a fifth round guy that you probably could have gotten there. In so, your opinion, I'm in my opinion, you're right. But that's what my opinion is. Is it's a C plus draft. Wow. There's there were places it could have been better, but there were places that it's good, and I ended up liking it. They so. did kind of speak to that though, why they didn't trade up. Because I'm with you. I'm kind of surprised they didn't do that. Yeah, but it's. Stephen keeps referencing the cap in that we you need, need cheap contracts. Young players to step in and maybe push guys off the roster, or he even referenced not specific positions, but maybe you get to training camp and preseason. Maybe there's some trade opportunities, mm. you know, because mm-hmm. you're so deep at certain spots. That requires you to feel great about young guys being able to step in and play. Mm-hmm. But they seem confident, 
You know, they've got a defensive coordinator coming in who knows what he knows what he wants, and they're going to try to plug holes quickly. Yeah, I think out of this draft, I like the Parsons pick. I like the Joseph pick. Both of those have question marks around them. I love the Golston pick. I'm a big fan of the Odigizua pick. Didn't really like the Nishan Wright, but that could that could come back, and I've been wrong before. And then I loved the Jabril Cox and the Semi Fajoko picks. So like, it's kind of all over the place for me. Overall, I thought I liked it, or I, not, I did not like a B? it. Not even a B minus. No, I, yeah, I thought C about a B minus. Yeah, that's not even passing in grad school. Yeah, I'd give it a C plus. Wow. C plus Jesus. with a chance to get up there and be a B if they if they he didn't get to show out and maybe see some snaps. It's the right pick. That one just bothers you. That it bothers Broadus. Yeah, Broadus was it beat does bother red on me the trap show. Oh, Broadus was done, night. man. Oh, it was done. Even out, out off the show, I mean, he was he was so mad. It was he takes it personally because he's a former scout and he he had some fun with it. But we had some fun today. How about that? We've sure got did. a new draft class. We've got eleven new Cowboys. We get to talk about throughout the course of the off season and heading into the twenty one campaign. And I'm sure we'll talk about plenty of these guys for some time to come. But until next week, for Chris Beam in the back, for Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. We'll see you next week on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!